When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I agree they're not getting better. Like I said to you before, I I don't see a roadmap where we're going to spring training or opening day feeling as if they've gotten better, feeling as if they've improved this roster. Like, I agree with you, but what what, is, what do you do? Shut it down and just say, screw it? I mean, no. you still have to go out and try to do as much as you can, even if we're both going to say... I don't feel like this was a great offseason. I mean, but, 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 but I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand the fashion. Like I get it. Shohei Otani is a special guy. And that's what you've been talking about for a while. You've been saying they're in on Otani. That's why maybe they're, they're really just not looking at judge. That's why it makes sense for them to just move to next year. And, and just kind of cut and paste this year. It's not, a, it's, it's not enough for me. I'm sorry. Every, the, the, to me, Steve Cohen gets five years. He said there was a five-year window to win. If if this is a cut-and-paste year and it's already downhill and I don't trust it, uh, I, I don't see this team being an improved team. It means they're not going to be a World Series Canadian team. It means that they only have two years left. And 2024, bringing in Shoatani, is not going to be enough either. You have to, be, you have to say, let's get... Let's make improvements on everywhere. We still have issues with the offense, and we're not going to even focus on that. Uh, they're not going to do anything with that. Like, like that to me is a problem. I don't think the offense was ever going to be targeted, whether Degrom was back or not. Like, I don't. But, like, I said that to you before. Problem, that dude, that's a problem. Well, I, but but I think right now the key is how do you replace Jake? How do you make this rotation, which was the strength of the team last year and supposed to be the thing that made it special going into the playoffs last year? How do you make that special? And right now, here are the options because DeGrom's gone. I could cry about it for the next six weeks. It ain't going to change it. You know, I, I said my piece on where I blame the Mets. A lot of people are going to blame DeGrom. It's over. He's not walking through that door. And he has a full no trade clause, which means he would never accept the trade to the Mets because he hates New York. It's the most disgusting city in the world to him, right? So all we can do is pivot as much as it sucks. And so when you look at who's available in free agency as starting pitching, when you look at the guys who may be available via trades, and that means trading significant prospects. By the way, we have an episode coming up with Joe DeMeo in which we go deep into the Met Farm system. What would you do? Like, forget the offense for a second. I totally get where you're coming from. We've kind of disagreed about that going into the offseason. You want to go heavy after Trey Turner, go get some at-bats. I'm actually okay with retaining Nimmo and giving at-bats to Alvarez and Beatty and Vientos. But let's put that aside. They lost Jacob DeGrom. Pains me to even say it out loud. They have. How do you replace him? Go. I mean, besides the fact that you can't, I would say I, it sucks. I, I, you, you're right. Verlander is the best, I guess, available pitcher available. Dude, I don't even know. I, I, don't, I don't like it. I don't trust that Verlander's going to stay healthy. I'm sorry. Well, what do you want him right to now. do? Oh, hold on. I, I get that. Like, I didn't want Verlander over DeGrom. I'm not thrilled about it, even though he's a future Hall of Famer and Kate Upton's going to be great in this town. Like, 
What do you want them to do? Because now it's the part of the podcast where we got to give answers. So give me a freaking answer. What are you doing now in the rotation? Go get Zach Gallon. Go get Zach Gallon from Arizona. Go get some. Go go make a trade for a pitcher that's actually going to give you that actually going to give you life on the ball. That's going to be productive. That's not getting a, a huge contract because we already seen how huge contract pitchers, pitchers that sign for huge contracts, don't always perform well over here. So why are we going to do that? Trade for someone who's actually good. Go get a Woodruff. Go go make a trade for a Woodruff. Hey, the Brewers are active right now in the market. Yes, let's make a trade for them. Yeah, so here's why I disagree with you. But I appreciate you at least giving an answer. Because <laughs> I welcome. was afraid you were going to have no answers. Like, screw no, it. I I answer. No, I got answers. No, I have answers. I, have, I always have answers. My my reasoning right now for just go F it and sign Verlander. Sign Radon, that's fine. Kode Senga, I'm intrigued by. Really, those three guys. Now, you've got Verlander. You've got Radon. You've got Senga. Get two of the three guys. Forget Bassett. See you later. It's been fun. It's been real, Chris. Thanks for the time. We'll see you later. Taiwan Walker, whatever. Two of those three guys, Verlander, Singa, Radon. You get two of them, okay? And like I said to you a while ago, I forget what the podcast was or why I even said it. The pitching now for the next few years is all going to be interchangeable. They don't have a lot of top-ready, top-line starting pitchers in their system. They've got guys that are many, many years away. So for the next three, four years, you are, your term, cutting and pasting in this rotation. And right now, the best available pitchers are Verlander, Radon, and Senga. Go freaking get them. In a year or two, hello, Max Freed. Go get him. Like, that's where they're going to have to spend money. And we always knew they were going to have to spend money that way. Whether it was retaining DeGrom or not, it was always going to be spending on top-line pitching. So right now... Maybe my brain will tell me something different in a few days. Verlander, Senga, Radon. Three high-end starting pitchers. None of them are DeGrom. We all understand that. Go get two of them. That's where I'm at right now. I don't want to trade prospects. I don't want to trade anybody. I really don't. You know, maybe there's a deal out there I would do, but Zach Gallen, Brandon Woodruff, not not really. I don't want to trade Francisco Alvarez. I don't want to trade Kevin Pareda. I don't want to trade uh, Ronnie Mauricio. Maybe fine. He's had a huge <laughs> winter league. Maybe he's got some value. But I don't want to do that. I'd rather just buy a couple of arms. That would be my course of action. So if that's the case, then, if that's – and, again, I actually prefer – I like what you originally said. I, if you're going to do that, Verlander, Sanger, the two guys I've been okay with, because I don't, I think Carlos Rodon's going to be looking for that. Whether it's a Rodon or Rodon, who cares anymore? I, I, I'm saying it wrong, or you're saying it wrong. I think someone's saying it wrong. I don't but, care. It's probably me. Who cares? No, I think it's me. But still, Rodon wrote off. That guy is going to sign a huge deal, and he's going to suck. It's 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 just clear. <laughs> it's it's clear as day. It was an opt out year for him. He had to sign a two year deal. It's a, it was a, he knew he was going to opt out the entire time. That's why he pitches balls off. I hate that garbage. Don't want anything near. I do not want him. So if it's a one-year deal for Verlander with an opt-out, I'll do that. If it's a one-year deal for – give me somebody else that's available right now that's a free agent. I mean, listen, Tang is going to sign a bigger, longer contract. I don't expect him to sign a short, short-term contract. But th- that's what I'm looking for. Small one-year, 
two year with, uh, or, or an option year on top of it, but that's it. So they can cut ties after a wonderful year and go for a big time contract. Yeah, one thing about Verlander, why I lean towards preferring to him as much as we look. I, I don't want to have to say this every single time, but I guess we have to. I wish they just kept the Grom. I think that's obvious. If you've listened to the first twenty minutes of this podcast, that's what we wanted. Keep the Grom. Keep the Grom. Keep the Grom. But unfortunately, you have to get to this point where you say, okay, now what? And I evaluate Verlander this way in an important thing that's tough to measure. I'm not worried about him handling New York. I'm not. I think Verlander will handle this city fine. I think he'll handle the pressure fine. He's won championships now. We all know about his brutal track record in the World Series. I'd love for that to be a problem for us because that means we're in the freaking World Series. But that is one aspect when you sign an elite-level free agent or a high-end free agent that you don't know. No, we don't know. We don't know how guys are going to handle the pressure, especially when they're making that kind of money. I don't have that concern over Verlander. So despite how old he is, and despite Scherzer and Verlander being reunited a decade later and being reunited when they're really, really old, and the uncertainty that both of these guys are going to be able to even get through full seasons, I acknowledge that. Every question around them and their age is absolutely fair. We saw Scherzer as great as he was. Look what happened his last couple of starts. He wasn't the same guy. Like, and he was hurt. That was the other thing. The injuries were starting to pile up. Your age has something to do with that. With that said, I think he is one of the better options that are out there. But look, this is a sad day. Very, very sad day. The Mets and the Nets have this weird connection for me. Um, when the Nets signed Durant and Irving, I know it hasn't worked out for the Nets so far, but when they signed them, it was a big moment, as I'm sure most of our listeners who are Nick fans could understand. And I was at City Field that night. The Mets played the Braves on a Sunday night. And the whole night, I'm watching Mets Braves, and all I could think about was Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, couldn't believe it. And here I am, a couple of years later, in the other arena, the other stadium, Barclays Center, for you know an overall mundane Friday night against the Toronto Raptors, a game they won, great. And in the first quarter of this game, late first quarter, I get the other side of the emotions I felt with Durant and Irving, the complete other side, which is the kick in the balls. I would say I now know what a Warrior fan felt like, but it's not a good comparison because they won championships. So no, but losing the free agent, losing the guy that maybe the other fan base is excited about. And look, I hope things change selfishly for the Nets, but the Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant signing has not worked. And I guess I hope that in this case, we will look back at losing DeGrom and say, well, it worked out well. The Mets won a championship. DeGrom was fine in Texas because I have no ill will towards him. I'm rooting for him to get hurt. I'm not rooting for him to be horrible. I think I'm rooting for him to be good, but not too good, I think is where I'm at. But maybe the full circle is that we look back at this horrible day and say, yeah, we were devastated. Yeah, it sucked that we lost a franchise icon, but we went on and won a World Series the following year. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm not predicting it, but that's the hope. And I was thinking about that, the full circle of the definition of excitement, free agents that you can't believe picked your team, to this. And the Nets underachieving is actually 
something I look at right now with hope because I never could have imagined they were going to underachieve after they signed those free agents, right? Just like today, I can't imagine things are going to work out after we lost to Grom. And hopefully, like I was on June 30th, 2019, I'm wrong about the way I felt December 2nd, 2022. I think that, for the first time, Hoff, was a net analogy that worked. Because <laughs> maybe you can understand that. Maybe it all fits together. Oh, it fits. Still depressing as all hell, but it fits. It fits. <laughs> yes. And just keep this in mind. You guys listening know I love the Nets. I'm a season ticket holder. I left the game with five minutes to go in the second quarter because I was sick to my stomach. Now, the Nets were up by a lot, but I'm not sure that's the reason I left. It was just, I can't watch this. I need to go home. I need to talk to Pete. I need to record a Rico. And maybe this will be the therapy that we all need because today sucks. And I think what's going to annoy me, so I'm going to really have to ignore it, are all the people that say this is actually good because it's not. It may turn out to be good. I understand that. There may be a time in which we look back at this and say, hey, it worked out. This was this ended up being a good thing. But today and this weekend and next week and the week after that, that's not the day to say it. And that's not the day I want to hear it. Uh, we do have a Rico Bronia, another episode. We'll give you another edition coming up uh, Sunday night in which Joe DeMeo joins us from PSL to Flushing at PSL to Flushing. And he's got a podcast he hosts as well. Another Met podcast, the Mets pod. He'll join us. We'll go deep into the farm system. So we'll take your mind off this devastating news. And who knows? We may have another podcast in about 25 minutes. You never know. Maybe we'll pop another one out with new emotions. But obviously, any of your thoughts, you can share it. B at gmail.com. If you're angry with anything I said today, just let it go. All right? I'm a fan and I'm upset. So if you really want to debate the things I said today, what the hell's wrong with you? Really? You want, you want to fight? You want to fight with a fellow Met fan who's just upset? Who's just sad? Is that what you want to do? Okay, fine. Do it. I'll write you back. As Craig would say, I'll be your huckleberry. So you can email us, B at gmail.com, and obviously tweet us. I am not doing a Saturday show with Joe Beningo, though that would have been entertaining, because I'm going to Sesame Place, where I'm going to take my mind off of DeGrom. Oh, by the way, I did tell my six-year-old, hey, I got bad news. We lost DeGrom. And this was his response. And this is the beauty of kids. He looked at me and said, well, we have lots of other good players, Dad, like Pete Alonzo. Then he starts playing the trumpet. Edwin Diaz. And I was like, you're right. But it still stinks. And he's like, yeah, yeah. He didn't seem that devastated. <laughs> Even though he's got the DeGrom jerseys and imitates DeGrom. He was not upset. He's not as upset as Dad, which is a good thing. I don't want him upset. I want him to be happy and believe that good things are coming, even though you and I and everyone listening knows the truth. We're destined for failure. Anyhow, thanks for listening to this instant reaction, emergency, whatever the hell you want to call it, podcast, simply known as Jacob DeGrom leaves and we cry. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronio podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.